Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Coffee in the Corral. I am Abigail Hobbs, and I'm sitting in some warm sunshine here with Zelenka at the moment. She's come over and shared my coffee with me already. She's been over here testing it. Um, and if you'd like to see a picture of Zell drinking my coffee, you can hop over to my Facebook page, Freedom for the Taking, and I'll uh, post a picture there when I'm done with my podcast. She is just, she's a wonderful horse. I bought her a year ago after um, my two best horses, uh, I shouldn't say best horse, best riding horses died. Um, anyways, I, in an attempt to get two more riding horses, I, I kind of rushed the process and, um, because at the time I had a therapeutic horsemanship business at that time. So I needed to get more riding horses and I, so I kind of panicked, rushed to, to find two more horses and, um, she was really young. She was not even quite three. And uh, she'd had 30 days of training, and, which usually I don't. Um, it's not something that I advocate for because it's a lot of training to put on a horse in just 30 days and a lot to expect out of them. But uh, we drove three hours to go see her, and she was just a doll. Um she did really well in her training for how young she was and how little training she put in her and honestly after I ridden her what made me what like the the final thing that I just couldn't deny was that when I was standing there talking to Nate and the kids about her she was standing near me and she just came really close and just put her nose on me and just like held it there and I was like she needs to come home with me like she loves me, she wants me to take her home. I could just feel it. I could feel her saying, "Take me home, please." And boy, am I a sucker for animals. <laughs> and so uh, we bought her, and she's a registered Kentucky Mountain horse. She's a gated horse, but um, the sad thing is that she has some sort of issue with her legs. And uh, I've talked to my mentor about it and we kind of think that it's from her having so much training put on her at such a young age in such a short amount of time it's really hard on them especially because their joints and bones are still growing so um, anyways she's she's kind of really clunky in her hindquarters so I haven't actually ridden her a lot since I've got her I couldn't use her for my program because um, it's just well I got her and then she got this really bad cough and then I started noticing her legs were not stable. So she just wasn't a good riding horse. And I haven't hardly ridden her because I've been waiting for her to get a little bit older. And see if I can kind of help her work through this leg thing or not. Anyways, I'm getting off on a rabbit trail. But my point is, I have not used her as a riding horse. Uh, I really didn't use her in my business because she was too young, too inexperienced. And so... Now she's like my huge pet. She's my biggest horse. I've spent the most money on her than I've ever spent on a horse. 
And I haven't ridden her. And so like, there's part of me that's like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much money. And I'm, she may never make a great riding horse, you know, if her, if there's something just wrong with her joints, I'm not going to force her to, you know, carry me around. And then the other part of me is like, she has been such a best friend to me. Like she is such a lover. She comes over for all of my podcasts. She always shows up and she supports me and she stands there with me and she was drinking coffee with me earlier. And then at one point she just stood over top of me and I was just sitting here trying to gather my thoughts before the podcast. And she had rested her muzzle right on my forehead, just so softly. And I'm like, gosh, you know, we think horses are just for riding and to do something for us. But really, they have so much to offer us that doesn't even have to do with riding. Like their spirit, their soul, it just resonates deeply within me. And I'm not the only person like horses have done a lot of healing for many people. So Zell is going to, I really believe she's going to be one of my main um, partners even in freedom for the taking because I believe that people that come in contact with her and get to feel loved and supported and noticed by her are going to feel they're going to feel seen and they're going to feel this connection like she has a way of connecting on this really beautiful level so anyways that's my little rabbit trail she's still hanging out here with me <laughs> um it's just interesting you know as humans how we're how we think that you know horses are for riding and this is for this and this is for this but there's so much more there's so much more um to probably so many things in life and I for me I'm learning to kind of take the pressure off myself and my horses and not make it all about riding but allow it to be about relationship and connection so yeah here we are guys I think I'm gonna wrap my story up for today um, here's a weird side note I was hoping to like wrap it up on 10 and then I thought well maybe I'll wrap it up on 12 like a solid dozen and I thought why why is it bugging me to wrap my story up on part 11 like 11 episodes of my story and I'm like this is an odd number it doesn't feel like a, a a neat tight you know way to tie it up I'd really like to end it on 10 you know but and I thought that's but isn't that just the thing like this is not the end of my story this is not the end of my story hopefully my story will go on even after I die and it will live on in the hearts of people that were empowered by my story so yeah, silly me. I'm going to try to wrap it up on episode 11 because life does not tie up in a needy bow, even though we sure wish as hell it would sometimes. Right, Zell? Yeah. Today I want to talk about the changes we made in our family um, after we really started, the reality was sinking in and we really started deciding and realizing we need to start over everything we just have to start completely fresh slate a new life and so one of the very first things we did was you know like I said we sought out counseling and then it was 
having that support now, we needed to set some boundaries in place and we needed to set it pretty quick. Um, because, you know, our, our kids' safety was in jeopardy and that was the first and foremost first thing you know so we got an order of protection because we knew it was going to be a while before um, the law was able to put my dad in prison so we got that in place we bought no trespassing signs um, we bought cameras we put inside our house we put cameras outside of our house um, we decided to change our mindset that Anybody that wanted to come visit, just because they want to come visit, didn't mean we had to say yes. You know, because we grew up in community, in a really unhealthy community, um, we believed that anybody that wanted to come visit us, you know, we needed, like, yes, come to our home, come to our house, we will open up our house to you, we will feed you, we will let you sleep here, we will take care of you, we will treat you like Jesus Christ himself. And so it was changing that mindset first because we had still so many connections to the community and our friends and family that people would still ask to come visit and would just assume they would get to stay with us. And so it was just like changing that. Like, no, right now we, we kind of did a circle of wagons. Like, no, right now nobody's coming to come visit. And if we do let someone come visit, it's going to be because we want them to visit and they're not going to be able to sleep at our house. So we, we started with some really basic, solid rules that we knew were not going to change. They were not temporary. We contacted our family on both sides and said, this is what we're doing. We are not going to be, um, nobody's going to be sleeping at our house anymore. You know, um, we're, we're just taking time to protect our family and to figure out where to go from here. So at the time my family and, and Nate's family seemed like they could respect that. As time went on though, um, it became evident that, uh, like I said, everybody had their thoughts and opinions and feelings. I just, I just about put those two words together, opinions and feelings. I was going to say appealings. <laughs> Everybody had their own appealings. That's perfect, which is opinions and feelings, okay? So there you go. I just, I made up a word. Thank you. I mean, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so it was, for us, it was learning to allow people to to have their own appealings and still be okay with having very firm boundaries. You know, people didn't have to like them. And a lot of people didn't like them. And we're very vocal about it in some ways. Um, there was shaming and blaming and, um, you know, all of the, you, everyone who has family, because in, in each family there's some sort of unhealthy dynamic, understands that there's, there's stuff that goes on within the family that your family's operated a certain way for a long time. And you just kind of get used to it and you think that this is just life because this is how, you know, this is my family so I have to put up with it. What Nate and I learned is you don't have to put up with it. You actually don't. You have a voice. You can say, no, I, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good to me. It's not safe for my family. Um, I'm not doing it. And you can just politely bow out and 
or you know firmly politely but firmly I say because you know you're gonna get some flack about it and and sometimes the biggest flack we get is within ourselves because we judge ourselves because we think well how dare you put up boundaries against your family you should let them in their life because they're your family or your mom she doesn't have a husband anymore or your you know your siblings they lost their dad too and so you have all these reasons in your own mind that you're shaming and blaming yourself for these things but if it doesn't feel right this is what we learned if it doesn't feel right if it doesn't sit in your gut right if it's not a hell yes then it's a hell no I heard that recently in a a business conference and it's really stuck with me and that's the truth like if you're not sure then it's just a hell no and you can always change your mind later you can always adjust your boundaries later if you need to Um, and as people prove themselves to be trustworthy that was the thing we grew up thinking everybody was trustworthy and it didn't really matter anyways because we were just supposed to give our lives to everybody else but then and and to not trust ourselves and so learning to trust yourself is learning to not learning to pay attention when something doesn't feel good inside of you and go you know what I don't even know why you don't have to know why you don't have to have a reason you don't have to explain even if you do even if you do know why and you do know the reason you do not owe anyone an explanation for why you make the boundaries you make and why you make the choices you make they're your boundaries they're your choices because guess what it's your life and that is the mindset that we changed into this is our life these are our kids this is our farm we do not have to allow everyone into it we can only allow the people into it that we want into it and everybody else you know maybe down the road in a year or two we'll meet up with them at I don't know Shoney's for lunch or something you know but even realizing for us it was realizing we don't have to have them to our place we were so used to having everyone to our place you know so it was even changed the mindset you know maybe meet up with somebody maybe we'll meet up with them and have lunch but not let them come stay with us for three days so you know maybe everybody else doesn't have that mindset because you didn't grow up in a cult but we all to some extent have the mindset that we feel that we're obligated to our family but honey you are not you are not obligated to your family you are only obligated to one person and that's you and if you focus on honoring yourself and what is honoring to your journey and what feels good inside of you that will be what is best for your kids and so Nate and I you know even though it was difficult and and inside like I had so much turmoil because like now my kids aren't gonna have any grandparents what about them having grandparents and them having aunts and uncles and what about all of that and that was that was a real struggle but in the same in the same sentence I had to realize that I do not my kids do not need relatives that are unhealthy so no relatives is better than unhealthy relatives that cause harm and heartache and trauma to them 
Like that's not okay. Whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or all of them, like it's not okay. My kids are going to be all right. They'll find people that are their people. So yeah, they may not grow up with a bunch of aunts and uncles doting on them and a bunch of grandparents, but I'm okay with that because the the other choice was to allow this toxicity into their life. And I don't want them to grow up thinking they're obligated to having toxicity into their life because it's what their parents allowed in. So we put down a lot of hard, fast boundaries with our family and our friends and our old community. And there were a couple people, literally, that respected them. And um, there was a lot of people that didn't understand them and won't understand them. And that's okay. Like, I, it's not my job to help them understand. It's not my job to make sure they feel okay about my choices. It's my job to create the life that I want to live. So we, Nate and I spent a lot of time just really talking about everything like, okay, so if everything we've been taught is a lie, then our idea of right and wrong and, and what we're even here on this earth for, it's all a farce. It's all just messed up. Like we have to start over. So the religion we were taught was so shitty. That was the first thing to go. Like as far as changing mindsets, it's like, okay, out with this thing where we serve this God who is really finicky and um, has a lot of rules and expectations on us and is amazing and, but you know, we are think these horrible sinners. Anyways, I don't need to explain Christianity to you. I'm sure most of you know it. Um, I know for some people that, you know, God or Jesus is something that really uh, feels right to them, feels right to their journey. And they find, they find peace with it and they find comfort in believing in that and I think it's not about finding that it's not about there's this one way to believe and if you don't believe this one way you're going to hell I think it's about finding what brings you peace and for us it was out with religion it did not bring us peace it brought trauma uh the thought of uh, I had been so mistreated by religion and so mistreated by people and a part of that who, and not even just in the cult, but churches that we attended and Christian women that I would be around. I was just so disappointed. And um, I don't know, disgusted, I think, in a lot of ways with um, how they would act a certain way. But the truth is they wouldn't be that way, you know. So anyways... We want, we're not going to believe in that anymore. So instantly I went to this grasping, okay, what do we believe in? You know, we had to believe in something. And then just realizing I, I, it was this crutch that I felt like I needed to have this thing to believe in. 
so that I wouldn't just crumble to a million pieces because my belief in myself was I was just a shitty, horrible person that wasn't worth much. So I had to find something to cling to. And so letting go of religion was very difficult for me in some ways. Um, It was scary. But over the years, it's been so enlightening and empowering because I'm realizing that I am not this person I always thought I was. I'm not this needy, weak vessel that just has nothing to offer, that she just needs a God to hold her together and save her every moment, you know. I'm learning to believe in myself. I'm learning to not take my power back, but to step into my power. I didn't even know I had power. Recently, I went through a bunch of songs, um, a lot of paperworks, papers on my bookshelf. I was trying to go through it, and I realized I had this whole shelf full of songs. And I have probably written hundreds of songs. Um, I taught myself to play guitar when I was 10. And... I have a a, a gift for songwriting. So I have hundreds of songs that I've written. And it was heartbreaking going through my songs yesterday because just paper after paper after paper. And my girls were there with me and they're like, man, mom, you've written a lot of songs. And I was like, yeah, and I wished I could be so proud of those songs. But what was breaking my heart, even though they are really well-written songs, Um, was that they're all about how horrible a person I am and how I need God so bad to save me. And it just, it broke my heart. Because for, I've spent so much of my life feeling horrible about myself. And I was, I was taught to think that way was taught to feel that way and I I hate it because I look back at all these songs and it's like I want to go back to that woman that wrote all that music and say it's not true it's not true and I want to say it to each of you whoever's listening that needs to hear this it's not true You don't need a savior because you're a horrible person. If you want to believe in God because it makes you feel good, it feels right to you, then that's awesome. But you are valuable and amazing, just you. And so the undoing of that was scary, the undoing of religion, but... It was so important. It was so important because I don't want my kids to grow up believing that they're just shit. I don't want that for them. I want them to be empowered. So anyways, um, you know, we, we we looked at everything, music, um, we never cursed before ever. Like my kids weren't even allowed to say, oh my gosh. I know, I was one of those homeschool mothers. It's true. My kids couldn't say, oh my gosh, because that was too close to, oh my God. <laughs> and, um, you know, we we were taught all that stuff. We were a very conservative Christian family. 
And so we looked down on, we looked down on everybody else that cussed and, you know, watched TV and, you know, like we, I didn't grow up with TV. My kids didn't grow up with TV. So we started like, you know what? Why? Why have we been told all of these things are bad? Why is it, why are curse words bad when everyone's thinking them anyways? Which goes totally against Christianity because if God can really read all your thoughts and you're thinking curse words, then why is it bad for you to say them and not think them? Like, <laughs> silly, silly is what I say. Okay, so what the fuck? We, we out, that was out. <laughs> and, and we started like, okay, like, what's it like to, to, have a Netflix subscription and to watch TV shows. We didn't know. We never had. And it might blow some of your minds, but we like never. Okay. So we started allowing our kids to experiment and listen to Nate and I started listening to different music and bring it in the house and sing with the kids and, and just trying to take away this picture that there's this good way and a bad way. And unless you're doing it this way, then everything else is bad and you're going to hell. Like, no, we started talking to them about you get to create your life, whatever you want it to look like. And empowering them and telling them that, you know what, you might grow up and decide that you want to believe in God. And if that's what feels right to you, then we will support you 100%. But mom and dad have chosen that that is not right for our journey. That has caused a lot of trauma and pain. And it feels horrible inside of us. So we're not going to believe in that anymore. And that was, that was a little bit difficult for our kids to wrap our brain, their brain around too. But um, kids are also amazing in the way that they're a, they're a lot more flexible and able to change when they see their parents fully embracing something. You know, we can't expect our kids to do things that we're not willing to do. So it's like Nate and I really stepped into this new area of just exploring and experimenting. And it even though like part of me was so fucking scared because I had grown up so fearful and just trying to do the right thing all the time. Like I wasn't one to sneak around and do bad things. I just wanted to do the right thing. So this felt horrible. This felt so bad and so wrong. But there was this other part to me that was like, oh my goodness, freedom. And it was like being able, allowing myself to experiment and explore without feeling guilty and that's taken years, honestly, and I'm still in that journey, still in that place of allowing myself to find what feels good to me and not judge myself for it and not worry what others are going to judge me for it. But to say, you know, this is my, this is my life. You get to do your life how you want to do your life. This is how I want to do my life. And the thing about making all these changes um, is that, you know, yes, you do probably lose a lot of your old past connections because we did things differently from there on out. Like everything changed like 180, went the different, different direction. But you, then in the, the beautiful part is in the midst of that, we started finding just a few people that were more aligned in our journey and that were living lives and wanting lives of freedom and, you know, learning to, for me, it's like I got to see the world in a whole new way. I was so judgmental. I didn't even realize how judgmental I was. Oh, my God. It was like taking a blindfold off me. And I was like, what? There's so many, there are so many beautiful things in this world. So many beautiful people. So many beautiful things. I've been taught that they're all wrong and they're all bad. 
but it's like getting to value each person. It's just like people, I've talked about people like horror movies. Like, I don't like them. That doesn't make those people bad. They're different human beings. I think that's really unique. I think that's really, really different. And, and, and I'm intrigued by that, you know, and, and, and people, you know, people's minds work differently and what people desire and what, what feels right to somebody might not feel right to somebody else. But instead of having to be like, well, then who's right? You go, you're able to just value them and value that they are honoring their journey and, and you honor yours. And so that was the beautiful part of it too, is like seeing the whole world in a whole new way. It was so freeing, like uh, just beautiful. So um, let me see what, I don't know what time I'm at here. I don't want to go on too long. I'm going to wrap things up here. Um, I think I do want to, I do want to share and I'll probably, I'll probably have an episode just on this. Um, but one of the things of, of freedom that I will just mention here, um, because it's absolutely not the end of my story, but it is a beautiful, um, part of my story is that I realized in this transition to change and transition to freedom was that I am bisexual and my husband was the one that actually realized this and told me about it and like sat me down and said honey I think you're bisexual and I was like what I didn't even know what that word meant but he had been listening to an audiobook. Um, and he, he had like, I, I have to really just, um, say how amazed I am with him because he truly did a 180 and started, you know, allowing himself to, to listen to books that weren't Christian books, you know, and written by, by gay people and, and, um, transgender. And, and he had been listening to a book that was by someone that was transgender and, and, he just, there was points in their story, this person's story, and I don't even remember the book, but he just was like, that sounds like my wife. And, you know, this, this Sunday will be Nate Nye's 18th anniversary. And, he, you know, he knows me. He knows me better than I even was allowing myself to know myself. And when he sat me down and told me, that I was bisexual, I was blown away and I really wasn't sure what to do with it. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. Like what, what, but as things unfolded and the more we talked, it just, the interesting thing was as much as I didn't understand it, when he started explaining it to me, like I started crying right there. I remember we were sitting in the barn. It was late at night and cause something in me released. It was like this dam had been put up inside my soul my whole life and it was suddenly as if the those gates the floodgates had been opened up and this huge part of me came busting out and it felt amazing I had not even realized that I had this part of me that I had hidden away so tight and so deep for so long because I didn't understand it and I felt like a horrible person and I felt like I was messed up and it was just a bad part of me 
and of course in the religion I grew up in and the cult that I grew up in like I couldn't talk about it and um actually I I remember when I was a teenager going crying to my mom one time asking her if I was gay and she didn't even have the conversation with me she sent me to go talk to another woman in the village I, I don't even know why maybe she didn't want to talk to me about it she didn't know what to say I don't know but I just remember the other woman telling me, no, you're not gay. It's a choice and you can just choose not to. And so like I just locked this part up of me really tight and deep in the head for so long that when Nate said that, like this part of me came free that had never been able to live. I had squished it down so hard and, and, and attempts to kill it, but it didn't die. It was a part of me. And so... That has been an amazing discovery and such an empowering part to to my journey because it's like for the very first time in my life, I have been able to fully and completely be myself and not feel guilty and shamed and like I have to hide or change this part of me because I just have bad parts of me. So um, I am forever grateful to Nate for seeing me and in all honesty for freeing me. It has been hard, um, but it's been so beautiful. So that's been a really, really big change for our family. And we've had a lot of good and hard conversation with our kids. And it's been hard for them also to kind of wrap their minds around, you know, especially with how conservative we raise them. But I'm also really excited because I feel like they're going to grow up and they're going to get to have a choice um, to love all of themselves for whoever they are. And never feel like they have to hide parts of themselves. I'm really excited that they'll be free for whoever they are to fully and completely be them. And that they can love all people. And not think that just some people are bad. So I'm going to end on that. I think it's, um, like I said, it's not the end of our story. But it's been, and, and oh my God, it's been so hard. And I know that there's been a lot of pain I've talked about. But I'm going to tell you, freedom is so sweet. It is truly worth all of the shit that we have had to go through. And I shouldn't say had to, that we've chosen to go through because we decided to make the hard choices. You know, you, you choose your heart. Glennon Doyle talks about Glennon Doyle talks about choose your heart. You know, you either stay with a situation that's really sucky, that's not honoring to you because, you know, it's too hard to make the choices to, or you don't want to make the hard choices because of what you have to suffer to get out of that situation. But that's the hard too, to stay in something like that's not honoring to you and to live with that. And for us, it was like, yes, we will lose our family. Yes, we will lose our, um, friends, um, but we cannot continue to go on living in this toxic environment anymore and raising our kids 
this way. So it's been worth it. Um, I just want to champion every one of you out there and tell you I believe in you. Um, this season, as the, the holidays come closer, you do not have to do those family things that are not honoring to you. You get to choose. I encourage you to choose to put yourself first before you put everybody else and all their feelings into consideration. So my saying for this season is you choose you, boo. (laughs) Okay. So I love you. Thank you guys for coming along this journey with me. Um, I will continue to share things with you as, you know, things unfold in our life and we learn more and and we will constantly be learning and changing and growing. So um, it's not the end, but it is a a beautiful conclusion to this episode. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping to have Nate on my podcast soon and also my beautiful partner, Jennifer. Um, So got a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Hope you guys have a great week. Love you. Bye. If I wrote it in a song, would you believe it more? If I busted at the lock, would you open the door? If I dare to speak my truth, would you still value me? If I reach my hand to you, would you reach it back to me? Darling, there's no reason why you should have to hide. Step out into the open air and claim your freedom waiting there.